words of Sri Aurobindo, psychic and rebirth. It is necessary to understand clearly the difference between the evolving soul, psychic being, and the pure Atman, self or spirit. The pure self is unborn, does not pass through death or birth, independent of birth or body, mind or life, or this manifested nature. It is not bound by these things, not limited, not affected, even though it assumes and supports them. The soul, on the contrary, is something that comes down into birth and passes through death, although it does not itself die, for it is immortal, from one state to another, from the earth plane to other planes, and back again to the earth existence. It goes on with this progression from life to life through an evolution which leads it up to the human state and evolves through it all a being of itself which we call the psychic being that supports the evolution and develops a physical, a vital, a mental human consciousness as its instruments of world experience and of a disguised, imperfect, but growing self-expression. All this it does from behind a veil, showing something of its divine self, only in so far as the imperfection of the instrumental being will allow it. But a time comes when it is able to prepare to come out from behind the veil, to take command and turn all the instrumental nature towards a divine fulfillment. This is the beginning of the true spiritual life. The soul is able now to make itself ready for a higher evolution of manifested consciousness than the mental human. It can pass from the mental to the spiritual and through degrees of the spiritual to the supramental state. Till then, there is no reason why it should cease from birth. It cannot, in fact, do so. If, having reached the spiritual state, it wills to pass out of the terrestrial manifestation, it may indeed do so, but there is also possible a higher manifestation in the knowledge and not in the ignorance. It is not the naked spirit, but the psychic being that goes to the psychic plane to rest till it is called again to another life. There is therefore no need of a force to compel it to take birth anew. It is in its nature something that is put forth from the divine to support the evolution and it must do so till the Divine's purpose in its evolution is accomplished. Karma is only a machinery. It is not the fundamental cause of terrestrial existence. It cannot be, for when the soul first entered this existence, 
It had no karma. The psychic being at the time of death chooses what it will work out in the next birth and determines the character and conditions of the new personality. Life is for the evolutionary growth by experience in the conditions of the ignorance till one is ready for the higher light. The dying wish of the man is only something on the surface. It may be determined by the psychic and so help to shape the future, but it does not determine the psychic's choice. That is something behind the veil. It is not the outer consciousness's action that determines the inner process, but the other way around. Sometimes, however, there are signs or fragments of the inner action that come up on the surface. Namely, some people have a vision or remembrance of the circumstances of their past in a panoramic flash at the time of death. That is the psychic's review of the life before departing. All human incarnations or births have naturally a psychic being. It is only other types like the vital beings that have not. And that is precisely the reason why they want to possess men and enjoy physical life without being themselves born here. For so they escape the psychic law of evolution and spiritual progress and change. The movement of the psychic being dropping the outer sheaths on its way to the psychic plane is the normal movement. But there can be any number of variations. One can return from the vital plane and there are many cases of an almost immediate birth, sometimes even attended with a complete memory of the events of the past life. Hell and heaven are often imaginary states of the soul, or rather of the vital, which it constructs about it after its passing. What is meant by hell is a painful passage through the vital, all lingering there, as for instance, in many cases of suicide, 
where one remains surrounded by the forces of suffering and turmoil created by this unnatural and violent exit. There are, of course, also worlds of mind and vital worlds which are penetrated with the joyful or dark experiences. One may pass through these as the result of things formed in the nature which create the necessary affinities. But the idea of reward or retribution is a crude and vulgar conception which is a mere popular error. There is no rule or complete forgetfulness in the return of the soul to rebirth. There are, especially in childhood, many impressions of the past life which can be strong and vivid enough, but the materializing education and influence of the environment prevent their true nature from being recognized. There are even a great number of people who have definite recollections of a past life, but these things are discouraged by education and atmosphere and cannot remain or develop. In most cases, they are stifled out of existence. At the same time, it must be noted that what the psychic being carries away with it and brings back is ordinarily the essence of the experiences it had in former lives and not the details so that you cannot expect the same memory as the one has of the present existence. A soul can go straight to the psychic world, but it depends on the state of consciousness at the time of departure. If the psychic is in front at the time, the immediate transition is quite possible. It does not depend on the acquisition of a mental and vital as well as a psychic immortality. Those who have acquired that would rather have the power to move about in the different worlds and even act on the physical world without being bound to it. On the whole, it may be said that there is no rigid rule for these things. Manifold variations are possible depending on the consciousness, its energies, tendencies and formations, although there is a general framework and design into which all fit and take their place.
Words of Sri Aurobindo Earth Consciousness The Earth Consciousness does not want to change, so it rejects what comes down to it from above. It has always done so. It is only if those who have taken this yoga open themselves and are willing to change their lower nature that this unwillingness can disappear. What stands in the way, of course, is always the vital ego with its ignorance and the pride of its ignorance and the physical consciousness with its inertia which resents and resists any call to change and its indolence which does not like to take the trouble. It finds it more comfortable to go on its own way repeating always the same old movements and at best expecting everything to be done for it in some way at some time. The first thing is to have the right inner attitude. You have that. The rest is the will to transform oneself and the vigilance to perceive and reject all that belongs to the ego and the tamasic persistence of the lower nature. Finally, to keep always oneself open to the mother in every part of the being so that the process of transformation may find no hindrance. There is another cause of the general inability to change which at present afflicts the sadhak. It is because the sadhana, as a general fact, has now and for a long time past come down to the inconscient. The pressure, the call, is to change in that part of the nature which depends directly on the inconscient, the fixed habits, the automatic movements, the mechanical repetitions of the nature, the involuntary reactions to life, all that seems to belong to the fixed character of a man. To suppose that the yoga is dry and joyless because the struggles of your mind and vital have made your first approach to it dry is a misunderstanding 
and an error. The hidden springs of sweetness will reveal themselves if you persevere, even if now they are guarded by the dragons of doubt and unsatisfied longing. Grumble if your nature compels you to it, but persevere. The supramental is not, as you imagine, something cold, hard, and rock-like. It bears within it the presence of the divine love as well as the divine truth. And its reign here means for those who accept it this straight and thornless path in which there is no wall or obstacle of which the ancient rishis saw the far-off promise. The dark path is there and there are many who make like the Christians, a gospel of spiritual suffering. Many hold it to be the unavoidable price of victory. It may be so under certain circumstances, as it has been in so many lives at the beginning, or one may choose to make it so, but then the price has to be paid with resignation, fortitude, or a tenacious resilience. I admit that. If born in that way, the attacks of the dark forces of the ordeals they impose have a meaning. After each victory gained over them, there is then a sensible advance. Often they seem to show us the difficulties in ourselves which we have to overcome and to say, here you must conquer, but all the same, it is a too dark and difficult way which nobody should follow on whom the necessity does not lie. So many have done yoga relying on tapasya or anything else, but not confident of any divine grace. It is not that but the soul's demand for a higher truth or a higher life that is indispensable. Where that is, the divine grace, whether believed in or not, will intervene. If you believe, that hastens and facilitates things. If you cannot yet believe, still the soul's aspiration will justify itself with whatever difficulty and struggle. I have never said that yoga or that this yoga is a safe and easy path. What I say is that anyone who has the will to go through can go through. For the rest, if you aim high, there is always the danger of a steep fall if you misconduct your aeroplane. But the danger is for those who allow themselves to entertain a double being aiming high, but also indulging in their lower outlook and hankerings. What else can you expect when people do that? You must become single-minded, then the difficulties of the mind and vital will be overcome. Otherwise, 
those who oscillate between their heights and their abysses will always be in danger till they have become single-minded. That applies to the advanced as well as to the beginner. These are facts of nature. I can't pretend for anybody's comfort that they are otherwise. But there is the fact also that nobody need keep himself in this danger. One-mindedness, surrender to the divine, faith, true love for the divine, complete sincerity in the will, spiritual humility, real, not formal. There are so many things that can be a safeguard against any chance of eventual downfall. Slips, stumbles, difficulties, upsettings, everyone has. One can't be assured against these things, but if one has the safeguards, they are transitory. Help the nature to learn and are followed by a better progress. Hardly anyone is strong enough to overcome by his own unaided aspiration and will the forces of the lower nature. Even those who do it get only a certain kind of control, but not a complete mastery. Will and aspiration are needed to bring down the aid of the divine force and to keep the being on its side in its dealings with the lower powers. The divine force fulfilling the spiritual will and the heart's psychic aspiration can alone bring about the congress.